Okay. Uh, I need for you, if you would, please, to say three words with me. And it, here's, the, here's the script. Already? Ready? Would you do this with me, please? Don't miss out. One more time. Don't miss out. Okay, like the cherry on top. Third time. Don't miss out. Yes. Now, this, what's this about? This is about um, what we're going to be doing here throughout the month from here through July. And it's a new sub-series as we move back into Colossians on Don't Miss Out. Now, we are going to be looking at things that are going to make your life and my life so indescribably better than they are right now that, that I want to encourage you um, not to miss out on a week because um, uh, these are things that, that some people don't know, um, but some of us do know, but uh, haven't really gotten into it to, to put them into practice. And, and I don't want you to miss out on any of these things. Now, these don't miss out things are not things that you have to do. They're not things that you have to do. Um, they're things that you get to do. In fact, there are a lot of people who don't do these things. But uh, they're also very... There are a lot of people who don't have so much joy, they don't know what to do with it. So I don't want you to be one of them. I, I don't want you to miss out. So here's what we're going to do this morning um, as we kick off this don't miss out. Here's what this looks like. I need you to read this with me, okay? Because I want to hear you say this in church. Okay. Don't miss out on having a... All right, just one more time. Just one more time because it warms my heart. Don't miss out on having... Yeah, some of you are Baptists and you just said that in church. Like for the first time and it gives me joy. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't mean to be flippant about it. That is exactly what we are talking about. Um, and we don't want you to... Miss out, yes! Like four of you, you're there. So it's been a win already. Uh, It really has. So your enjoyment of life, your joy level of life has everything to do with what's going on in here. For those of you listening um, at home, that's your head in your mind, right? How come, let's do it this way. How come there are some people who will be miserable regardless of how good things get? And, and how come you know some people who will be happy no matter how bad things get? Am I, am I right? I mean, there are two kinds of people, two kinds of people, it's been said. Those who wake up in the morning saying, good morning, Lord, and those who wake up in the morning saying, good Lord, it's morning. Right? And, and you get to choose which one you are. You get to choose. And, and some of you are thinking, but I'm not a morning person. Like, like I get that. So when you say you're not a morning person, by that I think you mean that you're not at your best in the morning, right? Which presumes that there's a time coming later on in the day when you would be at your best. And, and I get that, right? But unfortunately, some of us are not awake people, which would mean you're not at your best when you're awake. That, that would not be good. That would not be good. You see, we, it is never a good idea. It doesn't matter um, 
look, I know we got a mix of people here. We got like hardcore like followers of Jesus Christ. We got people who are spiritual but wouldn't consider themselves Christian. We got people who um, are just checking it out. And, that, and that's okay. But you need to know that regardless of who you are, you can choose your thoughts. You can choose your thoughts. And when you have it, your thoughts, they determine your emotions, they determine your mood. So it is never a good idea to have a bad attitude. And, and I don't know where your attitude struggles. Like sometimes we compartmentalize like at home, we might have a good attitude and then we get to work and, and then really struggles or with this set of friends or that circumstance. But it is never a good idea to have a bad attitude. First of all, you don't enjoy it. Secondly, it is highly unattractive. Nobody else is really drawn to it. And, and third, you can't have that nonstop party in your head when you have a bad attitude. The only kind of party you got going on is what? It's a pity party, right? And nobody wants to come, right? So let's think about that. But what happens? What happens when we invite Jesus to the party? Because after all, we're in church, so it would be appropriate to think about that. Well, when I ask what happens when we bring Jesus to the party of our thoughts, I think about Shri and, and I, this is pre-Quincy, um, living in San Antonio. Now, um, Tommy, our, our son, um, was three and a half at the time. And he is riding in the back seat because he still needs a car seat, right? Um, I had one day off uh, a week on Mondays. And I had some special things planned for Tommy and, and Sheree that night because that's our, like, family night because I work all the other nights. And um, so I had taken him to the mall on the other side of town um, in San Antonio to run some errands so and to get ready for this night thing I had planned. Well, lo and behold, um, I'm in absolute bumper-to-bumper traffic. There is no, we're not moving. Right, it's probably something severe, like a bicyclist changing a tire. Right, we're going to find out later, but it's in San Antonio in the middle of the summer, so it's like 900 degrees. Like really, you could see a stake on my dashboard, um, and I drive a hoopty Honda Civic. Do you remember that one? Um, most this car was in hospice at the time. Um, <laughs> Many systems were going out intermittently, but the air conditioner, you know, you turn it to the bluest of blue and then max and push the thing and you mash the thing. But it still feels like there's um, a blow dryer behind the vents. Um, And I look back at Tommy and I can look back because we're not moving, right? And, And his hair is just matted down. He's got these beads of sweat. And I'm just getting frustrated and frustrated because like I had this night planned and the sun is right there. It is at the spot where you can't do your head so that it gets in the blue part of the windshield and the visors, well, they're always useless. But, um, right, so I'm blinded, I'm hot, I'm frustrated. All of a sudden, right, there's this voice from the back seat. Hey, Dad! It's, it's my son, my very expressive son. I said, what, what, buddy? Hey, Dad! Take a look at that beautiful sunset that God put there for me to look at. Oh. 
That's what happens when you invite Jesus to the party. See, I chose frustration and I got frustration. He chose Jesus and he got joy. He got joy. So I want to talk about inviting Jesus to the party. Inviting Jesus to every party, every thought, every circumstance and to see where that goes because I contend that scripture tells us that something can go on that so transcends what we are going through that we have we have in the back of our minds in the front of our minds going through the way that we see the world a sense of victory and celebration and and comfort and I'm I, we're going to do this okay so um the non-stop party in your head and I say it that way so we can remember it and get a visual now one of the absolute coolest stories in the Bible, if you got some free time later, um, check out like Acts chapter 16. Paul, and here's, here's basically how it goes down. Paul and Silas, right, um, buds, they are road tripping to the city of Philippi, right? And they're doing what they always do. They're like healing people and spreading the good news of Jesus and, and just building people up and, and leading them toward him. And Lo and behold, they go into the city and there's this young lady. There's this girl, like, like picture Dory or maybe even, um, no, I don't get to single you out, but she sat on the front row. So that's what you get. Good to see you, sweetie. Um, but a young lady and the problem is she's a slave. Like she's owned by this conglomerate of men and there she tells fortunes like really well. Um, and so they're like pimping her out. They're making money. They're making bank off this girl because she has this gift and, and she's accurate. And like the people of the city, they like it too. Yeah, it costs them, but like they're getting the Bronco scores on Wednesday before the game on Sunday. They're loving this. So, so Paul and Silas like roll into town and they say, wait a minute, who's, who's caring about her, Right? right? You have the men who own her making money. You have the people in the city making money um, or getting what they want. And we know because we are spiritual, like that the reason she can do this is because she is not just enslaved to these men. She's um, possessed. She has a demon living inside her. So we're going to love on her. We want to see her set free from that. So that's what they do. They, they cast the demon out and she's free, right? This young lady is whole and nobody but her is happy about it, right? The guys who are making money, who own her, they are furious. The people of the town, like this was like, this is their thing, right? They can't go to her anymore. And so they're mad. And so here's what happens. Um, Acts chapter 16, picking it up in 22. The crowd joined in attacking them, uh, Paul and Silas. The magistrates tore their garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods. Very, very, this is severe. This is awful punishment here. Um, And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them in the inner prison, not where you want to be, okay? And fastened their feet in stocks, not what you want to be in. Now, you have taken the picture at the, um, at the um, theme park with you in the stocks, right? You have one of your parents in the stock, and you think that, well, 
these were designed as further punishment. They would spread the legs um, at an extreme angle where the only way to get relief would be to lay back on the part that had already just gotten beaten. So these guys are in pain. And about midnight, look what happens. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns, singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Okay, so in the dark, in the worst cell, in the stocks, having been shredded, like, you know, Paul breaks out, I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Silas like, where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. They swing, they switch, and I'm so happy. I don't know what they're singing, but they're singing praises to God. I, I want you to see that. I want you to see that they had this never-ending party in their heads that the rods and the magistrate and the people and the circumstances could not beat out of them. And, and it goes on. It gets even better. Suddenly, there's this great earthquake. God shows up to the party. And so the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open. Everyone's bonds were unfashioned, uh, unfastened. Okay. There's so much more here, but I want you to see that... If we have the right mindset, that, that our mindset can, our, our, the celebration in our minds can so transcend what we're going through that God can show up in wonderful ways, not just in ourselves, but through us. Okay? So when Paul says that there's a way to have this nonstop party in your head, and he's been through this, I want to hear what he says, and here's what he says. So Colossians chapter 3, um, if you have a Bible, you may want to turn there. If you're using one of the hardbacks under the seat in front of you, um, that's going to be on page 1131. Um, by now, if you have a phone, you already know we're live. So um, just make sure um, that we don't share your ringtone with everybody. Um, that's okay. We're going to take a look at the first four verses, um, and then... We're going to unpack it. But here's what Paul has to say about this party started for you. Okay. If then you have been raised with Christ. Okay. And the context here is, okay, don't miss out. Like if you have been raised with Christ, don't, don't miss out. Seek the things that are above where Christ, where Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. In glory. So you may be thinking about this is where this is going right? This whole, don't miss out, this whole align your thoughts, this whole thing. So I'm supposed to think about Jesus sitting at the right hand of God. That's, that's what's going to turn it around for me. That's what it's going to do. Well, that's a good question. What is, let's think about that for a second. Jesus, the person who loves you, more than all the people who have loved you and all the people who will love you, put together times infinity, right? That person is sitting on the throne of the universe. What's he doing there? 
being in control. He is being in control. And, and the scripture says he's not only in control, but he always lives to make intercession for you. So he's active and he's lifting you up and he's talking to the father about how to protect you and how to lead you and how to guide you. And, right? He's in control. What would it mean for you and for me to think about that? This joyous, nonstop. You, you know, you're, if you're looking for a job, you always want to be connected, right? Who has connections at the place where I work? Who has this You are connected with the God of the universe who is in control, who is sitting on his throne, thinking of you, watching you, interceding in your life, interceding with the Father for you. Think on that. That will spark when we can get into that, a deep party in your head, in your head. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. When we talk about control, some of you got all tense right? Because for us to rejoice in the fact that Jesus is in control, you and I, and this is tougher for some of us, need to be okay with us not being in control. We have to be happy that we're not in control. Do you know what happens when you are in control? Your junk drawer right? Okay. That's what happens. Some of you men can relate. You don't feel like you're in control of your family. You don't feel like you're in control of your finances. You don't feel like you're in control of your future. Maybe not your money, whatever it is, but you're in control of that drawer, right? That is your square footage and you're in control. Let me tell you what happens. This is what happens. 17 pens. None look like the others, right? but they all have this in common. They don't write. None of them. None of them. You got eight miscellaneous batteries. You don't want to use them because you're not sure they work. You don't want to throw them out because you're not sure they work. You got a hard tube, hard tube of super glue that you suspect is dried up, but you can't find out. Because the lid is super glued on. <laughs> and the saddest part of it all, the saddest part of it all is you have three coupons to Cold Stone that are expired. Oh, right. Right. Is there any justice in the world? Now, when you see that, can you not be happy that you're not in control? That you're not in, those of you who have children, who have ever been around children, know that you are not in control of what they say or what they do. We could spend hours telling stories about this, but we won't. That's another week. You live in a place, you choose to live in a place where it can snow on any day of the year. Any day of the year could snow. You are used to not being in control of certain areas. Why not your thoughts and connecting to Jesus and his control? Wouldn't you agree that some of your most troubling thoughts 
Some of your most troubling thoughts are when things seem out of control, whether that's your career or your relationship or your finances or your health or the future, where we're going to live, what we're going to do, how this is going to work out or not. They're out of control. But what if? What if we could so connect with Jesus' love? What if we could so connect with Jesus' control, right? Wouldn't the pressure be lifted off you? Wouldn't the stress start to evaporate? Wouldn't you start to hear the celebration that could be going on in your head and in your heart? Because the one who loves you supremely reigns supremely even when it looks like he doesn't, right? right? Now, here's, here's something for you husbands, okay? We're going to get to, there's a don't miss out for marriage. There's a don't miss out for your work. You got it. But we're going to get to, Sheree has instructed me, and if you're anything like her um, as, as a woman, um, she says, sometimes, see, we guys, we're fixers. Like, um, we see a problem, we want to fix it. And, and she says, okay, um, Tommy, I want, and she calls me Tommy. It's kind of cute, isn't it? Yeah. Because I was when she met me. And um, she said, sometimes I don't need you to fix it. Sometimes I just need you to be there and hold me and tell me it's going to be okay. And, and for women and, and for guys, that's what this is about. That's what Jesus offers, has on the table. I'm here. I'm here. I got you. I got this. I'm in control. And it's going to be okay. You may not know how, but you know who. You can celebrate no matter what. No matter what. Okay, so how does that play out? How does that happen? What does that look like? We're going to take a closer look at verse 4, if you would, please. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So this is talking about what? Eternity, right? Like from here all the way, all the way. From right where you are right now, all the way forward. Now, the things that you and I obsess about, are anxious over, we get all twisted up in our minds and our hearts about the vast majority of those are temporary, temporary. Now, if you know that eternally things are going to not only end well for you, like go well for you, but gloriously, gloriously, we could, we could choose between, we can focus on the present, which is temporary, with the fear and anxiety. We could focus on Jesus and the eternal and the joy and the party in the head. Well, that's your choice. That's your choice. You can do that or not do that, as we said. But here's the thing. Everybody knows what you're choosing. Everybody knows what you've been choosing. And everybody will know what it is you do choose, whether it's the temporary and the stress and anxiety or the Jesus and the joy and the party. They will know why. Because when there's a party going on in your head and your heart because you're looking at Jesus, you know of his love and you, you know of his control 
it makes you a much nicer person to be around. In, in the true inward, inner beauty sense, it makes you so much more attractive. So much more attractive. Because why? Because we know this. We know this. We know the eternal answer, the temporary, takes on a new perspective. Everything is no longer a matter of life and death. It's not like this anymore. I demand answers. I demand answers. What do you mean to tell me the McRib is only available for a limited time? I want my preformed pork and pork byproduct patty anytime I want it. It's not like I was so mad I could just spit. I was, I, I really, I almost did. Went to the city market. The 15, Kevin, I'm glad you're here for this. 15 items or less aisle. 15 items or less aisle. I'm headed there. Clearly, I'm still on the, the frozen foods, but I'm headed there. And she just comes in like a buzzsaw and cuts right in front of me. Right in front of me. And right above her overly hairsprayed hair is the sign that says what? 15 items or less. She clearly had 19. I know. I counted them four times. So mad I could spit. Really? <laughs> my life is my life is really difficult. I just sent my BFFFF a text that took me two hours to write. I get this response the capital letter K. After four hours, what does it mean? What does it mean? It means nothing. If you have the eternal settled, the temporary, the temporary takes on new meaning. Not everything is about life or death. Not everything is about the guy who, as you're pulling into South Park, came from a ranch in a, in a jalopy of a, of a truck burdened down. And although nobody was behind you and nobody was in front of you, he chose to like pull out right before you came and ruined your day. R really? Well, I'm going to show him. I'm going to shoot out his tires. Son of a gun. Yeah, okay, good, good for that. The point is, no, 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 you know these people. Some of us are these people, right? But, but, but my, my point is more serious. Jesus is this person. And in everything, small and large, right? If these are small things we just talked about, like, right? Right? Who, who put the milk back empty? Who, right? If we know he is in control and we rest in that and we celebrate that in these small seemingly meaningless things, then you will be ready to trust him in those big, I don't know what life is going to bring things, right? Like if you get that diagnosis, right? If you lose that job, if your kid goes off the reservation, you know, just if, you get that phone call about a loved one if you have a financial reversal, if 
you have that relationship fall apart. You've been practicing. And if you know that in the small things, then you'll know that in the big things. I'm here. I got you. I got this. I'm in control. Rest in me. Right at that moment, it might not feel like a party, but you can hear it building. And as we step out onto it, and we keep walking in faith, that's what happens. So how else? How else? What else does it look like? Okay, let's pull that verse four up again, if you would. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. This is how the story ends. God goes, okay, you, you've trusted me. You're my peeps, right? You, you know I love you. Let me tell you what I got in store for you, okay? Here's how it ends. Uh, this is the end of the story, which never ends, by the way. And it's good. It's better than good. It's glorious, okay? So you and I may know this, but do we know this, right? So he's saying, okay, you're gonna live the movie. I wanna show you how the movie ends, Okay? And I want you to buy that. I want you to believe that in such a way that it transforms the way that you walk through this movie, right? So um, Captain Phillips, anybody see it? Anybody see it? Oh, come on. It, it, it was, it was, you know, yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, Tom Hanks is the captain of a, a, a shipping truck. I, I don't know what they had on there, but it's not important. They got attacked by pirates, okay? Um, and here's a plot spoiler. If you're planning to red box it tonight, just earmuff yourself, okay? He, he lives. He makes it, okay? So um, those of you who've seen it already know that. So going, but it's, 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 just, it's a really well-made film. So going through it, there's a lot of building tension where you're understandably kind of worried or are you anxious? You don't know how that's going to play out. Um, but then, whew, you know, he makes it and, and it's wonderful. And I know because I... So I'm on the award show. And so there, there you have it. But if you were, let's say you red box it, right? You're going to have a friend over who has not seen the movie, right? Like you're not going to ruin it for them like I just did for you. But um, you are going to watch it again. You are not going to be as anxious about what happens to Captain Phillips as you were the first time, right? You're still going to enjoy the movie because it's a great film. But you're not going to be as anxious because that would be what? Stupid. Stupid. Because you know, right? It's like watching Jaws again. You know who's going to live and you know who's not. So you still enjoy the, duh, 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 but you don't, not in the same way, right? And, and if you have your friend and your friend is going, oh, I can't watch, I can't watch. You go, no, no, no. Watch. Watch. It's going to be okay. I, it's going to be good. You're going to be glad you did because you know. And if we understand that about a red box movie, can't you and I apply that to what we know about life? What we know about eternity, God has said, look, 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 it's not going to end for you. And that's a good thing because it's just going to get better. It's going to get so glorious that you're really not even in a place to be able to fully appreciate um, that I love you as my inner circle, as my family, just the same as my son. And when I come in all my glory, because he's in you, you're going to be glorified. And 
all the stuff that we have torn each other up about and worried about and it's going to be less than nothing. It's going to be less than nothing. You already know the end. Okay. Um, your life is hidden with Christ. Okay, that, we could spend a year on that. It says you're, you have died and your life is hidden with Christ. That means um, it's safe, right? You trust him with your life. He says, I got it. I got it. It's hidden with me. When I go out, I work at Western, I'm a, I'm a fundraiser. And um, sometimes I get really nervous about um, going, traveling somewhere else to meet with somebody um, who's intimidating and ask them for absurd amounts of money, absurd amounts of money. And, and Sheree, like, she'll get me all dressed and, and send me off to the airport. And she will sing to me, um, MC Hammers, can't touch this. Dun, 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 dun. Trust me, it looks better when I have my parachute pants on. But um, do you know the song? Okay, it's not, it's not a fine piece of songwriting. But what it means is she's talking about me, my life. And what she means to remind me of is that my life, my life is hidden with Christ in God. I get the gift. I don't get the gift. I'm all right. Because my life is secure. I don't have to, if I get it, I'm not worthy. If I don't get it, I'm not unworthy. I belong to Christ and my life is hidden with him. I'm his. What else matters? Now I can go in there not not caring, but the burden of having to prove something, of chin that bar so you can be X, Y, it's gone. I just want to tell you, your life, if you have trusted Christ, is hidden with him and God. And, and if we could live in the freedom of that, in the joy of that, that's that nonstop party. So what, what does it look like? And then I'm going to let you go home. What does it look like if we do this. Um, we see every situation as an opportunity for God to show up and show off. The more desperate, the more glory he gets, right? And if, and if he doesn't show up in the way that we thought, it, who's in control? He's in control. Hey, I know I didn't see it, but I'm going to know. I'm going to know. You just walk in that confidence and you can be that person that no matter how bad things get, you just have this buoyancy, this joy, because you know who holds your life. You know who holds your future. And you know how he feels about you. If you doubt it, he traded his life for yours on the cross so that you could have this life that has no period at the end. It just keeps going as he leads you into ever-increasing life, ever-increasing freedom, ever-increasing forgiveness. That's how much he loves you you and I could dial this in. And we're going we're gonna to try to do that. There are some things that you and I can't think if we really get this. Here they are. I want to, this is just some of them. The whole world is against me. You know, how many of us have that? He's like, no, no, Jesus, I'm for you. And if I'm for you, who, who can really be against you? You can't think nobody loves me. He goes, I, I, I love you. I'm, 
I am the God of the universe. I'm the one who made you, who knows you best. I love you. You are not unloved. I'm hopeless. Well, that's good because I'm hope and you got me. So you're not. There's no way out of this. He said, I am what? The way. I am the way. Yeah, yeah. You, you aren't good enough in digging a hole deep enough that you trust me. I don't pull you out. I made the dirt you dug in. Um, I got this. Things are never going to get better. Hey, hey, let me show you the end of the movie again so that you can walk through the joy and the challenge and the struggle and the pain and the loss. But you're going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, not camp out there. Why? Because... I'm with you. You can walk through. I am on my own. Well, I'm never going to leave. I'm never going to be that guy. I'm never going to be that God. I'm never leaving you. FML, forget my life. You can forget about your life because I never do. I never do. I reign not only to bring me glory, right, and, and see my glory, but to show my glory through the way that I care for you. I'm remembering your life, every detail of it. Whatever concerns you concerns me more because it affects the kid that I love. That's a pretty great deal. So what do we do? What do we do about it? Um, the bookends of this passage in um, Colossians said in verse one, it was, if then you have been raised with Christ, and then in four, it says Christ who is your life. We, some of us need a DTR. You know what that is? Uh, define the relationship. Here's the question for you. Um, have you been raised with Christ? Is Jesus your life? Okay? Those are some questions that um, we have to grapple with before we can cash in on his thoughts. Um, Corinthians would say having the mind of Christ. Right? And he will give you his mind. His resilient, joyful, wise mind. But we have to have been raised with him. And we have to know that we know that we know that he is our life. You meet a lot of people that say, well, this is their life, you know, running or shopping or whatever. This is, no, he is our life. Regardless of whether we're running or shopping or whatever, he's our life. So I ask you, you know, if you're in that spot, just grapple with that. Let the Holy Spirit whose words are so far more important than mine, who's been like talking to you, pressing in on you? Ask those questions, okay? And react to what you hear, okay? In the word and and in your heart. Some of us who are followers of Jesus Christ, this is kind of like a wake-up call. Hey, I know all of these things. I want to bring them to bear. I know them. I just don't enjoy them. I don't apply them in the way 
that transforms my mind. I can choose my thoughts. Everybody can choose their thoughts. But in Christ, you can choose God's thoughts of holiness and joy and righteousness and, and even like compassion and, and everything that he feels. But it's all beautiful. It's all beautiful. You have the opportunity to choose that. And if you're like me, you're convicted by the beauty of what is offered and the way that we slum it because we miss out. So um, I have a couple of prayers. Um, you, you see these very, very masculine colored um, rubber bands. You may not know that I've been wearing one all morning. And I just have this as a way to remind me. Um, so during the response song, there's plenty here. Um, I just want to invite you to come up and grab one if you'd like, if you want to try this for this week, and, and grab one. And I just put it on your picky finger, if you know, because unless you're like Edward, who has like the Incredible Hulk hands, um, it won't cut off the circulation. But even in Edward's case, it might make his pinky fall off, and he'll have an ongoing reminder of this, right? <laughs> but here's what I want you to do. Here's, here's what I'm going to do. Um, and we'll check back next week on the live event and see how it went for you. If you take this, right, every time that you see it, um, see, it's right next to my wedding ring, so I see it a lot. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you, this is like a wake-up call for you and you just want to, to press into this more and enjoy this more, when you see it, um, say this prayer. You have to smile when you do it or else it doesn't really seem like there is joy in my soul because he's in control. They're just saying it. Just saying it to yourself. I mean, you could be, you know, you could be fishing with a bunch of guys and you just, oh, there's joy in my soul because he's in control. Whoa! Or not. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Right? You can remember it. So if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, that's what's going to remind you to pray. There is joy in my soul because he's in control. If you're struggling with the faith, you're spiritual, you're not sold out to Jesus, you're just checking out the faith, let it remind you to pray what might be one of the most beautifully dangerous prayers you will ever pray in your life. Here it is. Jesus, I want to know you so that I can trust you. Jesus, I want to know you so that I can trust you. You don't need some kind of emotional, manipulative invitation. You pray this every time you see this, and you mean that, your life is about to get rocked because he wants to be known more than you want to know him. And he is far more trustworthy than we believe. So if you're, you don't have to tell people which one you're praying. You pray both. Jesus, I want to know you so that I can trust you. Or there's joy in my soul because he's in control. So I encourage you to come up as we pray um, and we sing and grab one of these if you're willing to do this. Next week when we get together, we're going to ask you on the live event to share briefly what happened. And if you're faithful to this, God is going to hit the long ball in your heart and in your mind. And you're going to have a party 
and you have no earthly reason to have one. Okay? Let's pray. Lord, your love for us is so incredible. And Lord, we don't want to miss out on how good you are, how much you love us, how in control you are, even and especially when it seems like you're not. Thank you for telling us the end. Thank you for loving us in the beginning and walking us through. Thank you that there is no end to you. Lord, um, we just want to be faithful. We want to come to you and, and, and bring to you all those things that we have a real hard time letting go of. We need to be in control of. I want to turn that over to you. Because you're in control anyway. Lord, um, that you would speak to hearts, to your followers, that, that they would have joy in their soul because you're in control. And Lord, for those who are, you've been speaking to, you've been drawing, you've been wooing, that they would pray, Lord, I, Jesus, I want to know you so that I can trust you. Because I can't trust in that which I don't know. We leave it in your hands. And that's the best place anything and anyone can be. In Jesus' name, amen.